Today we talk fitness and nutrition with my guest, Joe McKenna, coming up next on Chapters. My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we're going to talk about the subject of fitness and nutrition. And we're going to do that with my guest and friend, Joe McKenna. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've been a client of Joe's for over 10 years, and I have uh, really seen some amazing results. And I'll talk to you a little bit about those results later on. As I've gotten older and older, I've, I realize now the importance of nutrition and fitness to maintaining quality of life. And I really wanted to have Joe on for the first of what will become a series of programs tackling this subject. Joe, you have um, what I consider to be a really unique philosophy and thriving practice that has grown all through word of mouth because of the results that you're getting with young, old, chronically ill people alike. Um, so I'm hoping we could just talk about a broad overview of what it is you do and the philosophy that you bring uh, to your clients, sure. Um, I have a pretty, um, I have a pretty um, universal uh, methodology that I start with everybody, and that's finding out what is their capacity, meaning what is their capacity from their current situation. You know, how long have they been out of exercise? Mm -hmm. Do they have any physical ail ailments? You know, have they, um, do they have any type of joint injuries or any type of injuries that we have to, to work on or, or, or to uh, work around? I believe that everybody has built into them a certain level of strength. And the whole uh, methodology that I use is I want to find out where is their zero to 100% capacity. And everybody, each individual has uh, their own unique number zero to 100, depending right. on uh, whether they're strong, whether they were born, or whether they were more of an uh, endurance type of athlete, or have they done a lot of resistance type of training? Yeah, um, you know, Joe, I know when, when I started working with you, um, you, you referred to the term set point a lot. And you'd say, you know, gee, Jim, the, the, the guy that walks in that's maybe 6'4", he's got long arms, he's got a certain build to him, kind of a string bean, he's never going to be a bodybuilder. Conversely, the guy that walks in that's all, you know, naturally muscle-bound is not necessarily ever going to be a string bean. So people have a different relative body type that they bring to the table, right? And also a different level of conditioning that they bring to the table. Yes. We have an automatic set point that we're born with, but from years of inactivity or just too busy to work out or having other things in life that, you know, have interrupted the, the process, then... I have to find out where where is somebody at in that zero to 100 when I start with them. Mm -hmm. And here's a good example. Um, Jim, when you started, when we first started doing push-ups, I think we did one. I think I did a half of one. I yeah. did. I did. I told Joe a funny story. I was in high school uh, back in Needham High School, uh, graduate of 70, class of 78. And I was petrified of doing push-ups because of a gym teacher by the name of Mr. Holland. Mr. Holland, if you're listening to this, I still remember. He circled up a group of kids to laugh at me while I was doing push-ups because I couldn't do them. So I came to Joe and I said, Joe, I can't do a push-up. It's the one thing I refuse to do. And you looked at me and you promised me I'd be able to do push-ups. So on the first day, you had me do, I think it was, one push-up. Right. Right. And that's what I came to the table with. 
Right. And, and, and the point the, the point that I'm trying to make is I knew that Jim had the capacity to do 100, 150 push-ups, which we eventually did get to. But we had to start off at one, and then we had to work from there. And with time, effort, and consistency, uh, Jim can probably do 100 to 150 to 200 push-ups in like three or four or five minutes, which yep. is outstanding. Yep. So um, that, that's a really <clears throat> good example, Joe. Of um, you know, first of all, you worked with me and allowed me to just express my concern over the fact that I'm embarrassed I can't do push-ups left it there and said, don't worry about it. You didn't say to me, we'll be doing 100. You just said, keep at it. Every day we just did a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and eventually built up to that. And um, uh, it's a unique way of, of working with people because never did I feel intimidated. Yeah, so the example that I'm, uh, I'm trying to get at is uh, a lot of people will go to the gym without uh, supervision or without some type of expertise and they might work at 30% or 30% of their capacity mm. thinking they're getting a great workout, right. not understanding that they have another 70% they could go. So the whole key to my methodology, what I want to, what I want to accomplish with people is to get them to figure out where is 100% and how do we get close to that number so they can maximize their capacity. Uh, the nervous system uh, can handle a lot more capacity. So I, I unfortunately I see too many people in the gym that will work out and never get beyond a certain level because they don't understand that they can or how to get there or what is the correct me methodology to get somebody stronger so they can get to their um, their capacity that they were born with. Mm. You know, Joe. Uh What's fascinating to me, and I don't want to think people to think that I'm some sort of Adonis or something. If you haven't met me, if you've met me, you know that I, I'm no stranger to the buffet. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is what, what you're talking about is meeting people where they are when they come in. So you're not looking for specimens to come in off the street so you can take them to the Olympics. You're looking at people that come in, uh, younger people certainly, older people, elderly people, people with chronic illness, people with mental health issues, all sorts of people. And you're just meeting them where they are when they come in, right? Yes. And you're not trying to change where they are. No. You're not saying to them, look, you don't understand, pal. You can do more than this. Get down and give me 50. I can't change somebody from where they are. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if they come in and they can do 10% of their 100% capacity, then I, I understand that that's all they can do. Mm -hmm. And we work from that point and, and work forward. Mm -hmm. So we might start at 10% and then two weeks later or three weeks later, whatever it takes, we might go to 12%. And then we, two weeks later, if we're ready, we go up another 2%. So it's a, it's a, it's a eventual, uh, it's a, it's a climb up the mountain. Right. So we keep, keep working to get somebody stronger and build up more capacity in the nervous system to be able to handle more and more and more. Right. Um, it's exactly what we did with, with you, Jim. Yeah, and you know what, Joe? It was amazing to me because I didn't realize what was happening. I just kept going. And um, next thing I know, literally, it seemed like I was maybe six months later, you said, okay, you know, let's do 100 push-ups. And I thought, no, that's not going to happen. Never would, never will. And sure enough, next thing you know, I'm doing them. So you're right. The, the results are very measurable along the way. Joe, I wanted to talk about something else, and that's the... The, the widely held myth that we've been marketed to over years about uh, cardio and how important cardio training is, particularly relative to the machines that we see in gyms all the time. And, and I wanted to talk about that in the context of how important muscle mass is in somebody's life as they age. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Muscle, muscle mass is probably the key that's going to keep people functioning and uh, keep that balance uh, so they don't end up falling down when they get older. It helps to upregulate pretty much um, every organ in the body uh, because the muscle is, is, is so important. It helps to burn glucose, helps to stabilize blood pressure, uh, helps to uh, reduce people's cholesterol levels. So I, I would have to say consider it one of the most uh, important functions that people can do. So so muscle, con- continuing to build muscle mass, and we biochemically we, we lose muscle as we get older. Is that correct if we just leave ourselves alone and don't exercise? Yes, yes. We, we, we lose, I think it's uh, 2% a year after age 30. So what you're basically saying is you're signing yourself up for, uh, at, at, the, at the best, a, a reduced function over time. And worse, an early death, if you lose muscle mass, allow yourself to atrophy over time. Uh, yes. Every, everything goes downhill when you when you don't have muscle. The more muscle you have, the less effort it is to walk uh, say, to, to walk outside to go to go into your car or put the garbage out or to uh, housework or, or whatever whatever you're going to do. So the more muscle ha- muscle that you have, the less effort you have to put out. Mm-hmm. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Joe McKenna. Joe is a fitness and nutrition expert from Barrington, Rhode Island. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find me at my podcast, chaptersradio.com. And Joe, one example of the benefit of muscle to- was posture in my case. When I first met you, if you remember... I had a bulging disc in my lower back, like a lot of middle-aged guys, um, and I was scheduled for surgery. And uh, something important happened that was a lot less uh, invasive than surgery and surely a lot less expensive, and that was that I met Joe and started working on overall fitness. You did a lot of posture analysis with me, and you put me through really good strength training for my core as, as a result. Surgery was literally canceled, and I've never had pain again. It's an amazing thing. Uh, yes. Um, one of the things about getting posture is to protect the spine. Everything we want to do in life is protect our spine. So when we when we develop good po- posture, we start using the hips. We hinge with the hips more than using the back through flexion extension cycles, which literally ruin the disc. They mm. force... Every time you flex under load or or extend, hyperextend the back, that we push the fluid from one side of the disc to the other. And eventually, like a shoelace or anything in life, it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So the, the, one of the things that we did with Jim, we, we taught him how to hip hinge, keeping neutral spine. Neutral spine just means you're going to keep the spine intact the way it's meant to be through the cervical part of the spine, the thoracic, then the lumbar part of the spine. So when, the more we keep that intact without flexing, extending, or too much shear force from side to side, the better the disc is going to be, and the more we can build the muscle around protecting the multifidus. That's the muscle that protects all, all around the spine. That's how we protect the spine from too much flexion, extension, or shear force. You know, Joe, uh, that's a lot of technical stuff. I had no idea that was going on while you were working with me. Um, but I, <laughs> but I did. I, I should tell you what. I know what the benefits were. And when I canceled that surgery, the doctor said to me, he said, "Look, I could go in very easily and start hacking away at your disc and and whatever's left of your ruptured disc. But it just doesn't make any sense." And I'm thinking to myself, oh, gosh, I'm in pain for the rest of my life. I haven't had any pain, and I play golf badly, but I play a lot of golf, and I'm fine. Um, so it's amazing that, that 
everything that you just said, which I couldn't possibly retell, is exactly what was going on. And I do remember doing a lot of that neutral spine work, uh, neutral spine, and you had all sorts of methods of getting me to understand how to keep neutral spine when I was exercising so that I wouldn't hurt myself and I'd strengthen my core. And it, it really seemed to work. Joe, back to the uh, cardio example. I had something amazing happen to me. Um, and Joe's grinning. I know we're on radio. You can't see this, but he knew what the result was going to be. He'd always told me that I'm getting plenty of cardio with weightlifting. And I'm thinking, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not in the cardio section of the gym. I need to be in the cardio section. Well, I had been in a weightlifting program with Joe, as I mentioned before, for the better part of eight years. And one day, I, I can't run a lot because of, of a problem that I have with my legs. But one day I got motivated and I said, I just want to see what I can do just for the heck of it. I walked out the front door and took off and ran an eight-minute mile. I wasn't breathing very hard. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I have increased my cardiovascular capacity doing absolutely no running for eight years. How is that possible, Joe? It's a series of uh, things that transpired throughout the years. The heart and lungs support the metabolism. So the metabolism is a whole series of um, enzymatic processes that happen. And when they happen correct, when you got the right nutrition and you've got the right um, type of exercise program, then the metabolism runs efficiently which means the heart and lungs don't have to overwork to compensate for the bad metabolism or the, se the bad cellular metabolism. Now, the opposite happens when you have bad metabolism. You have bad food choices. You don't work out. Then the metabolism gets altered, and because of that, the heart and lungs have to overcompensate for the bad metabolism, cellular metabolism. Uh, in other words, there's, there's not a there's not a distinction between cardio and and lifting weights. We only have one heart, and two lungs, and they serve the, the 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 function for both the aerobic and anaerobic uh, capacity within the body. It would be impossible to take just the mitochondria, a couple of pieces out of the whole cellular metabolism, which is a big, very big, complicated process and attach that just to the heart and lungs. Mm -hmm. It would be impossible to do that. So so the whole cardio myth is was built on selling uh, cardio machines. <laughs> there we go, right? They sold a lot of them because you walk into the gym yeah. and you got a whole room, a cardio, aerobic yeah. room. Right. So yeah. so when you, when, you, uh, you, when you build a lot of strength yeah. and you, you, you get your, um, you know, your glucose under control and your blood pressure under control and... Um, then everything becomes easier because the heart and lungs don't have to overcompensate and work harder because you've got too many things going on in, in the metabolism. Mm -hmm. Joe, we were talking earlier about, uh, before we came on the air, about different types of muscle fibers. And, and you started to talk about uh, the three areas in the muscle that you, that you focus on and why they're each individually important. Can you kind of give a layman's interpretation of that? Yes, there's, uh, there's, there's three different parts of a muscle tissue, uh, what's called a slow twitch, a fast twitch, and a super fast twitch. And what that means is in normal everyday activity, walking out to the car or you know doing just regular activities, you'll use, um, the say, the bottom 40%, which is the slow twitch muscle fibers. You, know, you can walk for miles using those, those muscle fibers because they uh, regenerate very quickly on a regular basis because you're not you're not taxing their capacity. 
And then when you get to the next level, after you've utilized the, the, the slow twitch muscle fibers, then we, we go to the second, this, the fast twitch muscle fibers, mm-hmm. which uh, require more energy and they, they require a lot more glucose, um, glycogen to, mm-hmm. to fuel the muscle. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the super fast twitch muscle fiber, which is the uh, is like the, the you know the Ferrari engine in the body. So the super fast twitch would be what I need to run away from a mountain lion or something. It's a it's 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 that quick explosive part of my muscle. Is that the right way to look at it? Yes. So the whole key to fitness is well, we talked about capacity from zero to one hundred. Mm-hmm. You can never going to get to ninety or hundred percent of your capacity without going through the slow twitch muscle fibers into the fast twitch and then the super fast twitch. So there's a hierarchy. You have to use the first portion to get to the second portion to get to the third portion. There's no there's, there's no other way to, to utilize the whole cell. We have to go through uh, the, the channels. Mm-hmm. So we, ha- we have different energy systems. We have uh, ATP, which is the quick fuel, lasts about 12 seconds, and it... Uh, will get, get us out of an emergency situation. Say we have to run away from something, or so, there's a car coming at us. And then we go into creatine phosphate, which is another fuel that we use that will carry us up to about 45 or 50 seconds. And then we go into lactic acid. And lactic acid is, is where the, the, the real benefits come from because we, we create some uh, additional substrates called pyruvate and, and a few others that will fuel the muscle to keep going and really get to be like a Ferrari, like get, get your body like a like you're a Ferrari or, or you know a race car. Mm-hmm. So the muscle twitch, what muscle twitch fibers we use and how we use them and how we get to them is extremely important. Kind of the foundation for for what it is you're trying to accomplish, as you said, to get somebody to get into that ninety to one hundred percent of what they're capable of, you're going to have to understand this hierarchy. Yes, and and what I'm submitting to Joe. Uh, and to our listening public is one of the benefits of working with Joe is that he actually understands this. This is a, a PhD level understanding of this type of subject. And we're just talking about these muscle fibers and then mechanically what needs to happen in order to get somebody into that zone. And again, having worked with you for eight or nine years now, it's only been in the last few years that I even understood this stuff because you started talking to me about what it was you were doing, but I got the results over time. We're, so the, the, the goal of today's program is just to give folks an overview of some of these subjects to kind of whet your appetite as we will be having a series of programs with Joe McKenna on various subjects where we'll actually drill down into the very, very detailed understanding of things like fast twitch muscle fibers, of things like nutrition and supplementation. Uh, and, and we're going to talk in much more detail about those subjects. Joe, before we go much further, I do want to give people an understanding of how it is they can reach you. What is your telephone number? 401-954-5899. That's Joe McKenna. He's at Barrington Fitness Studios down in Barrington, Rhode Island. Highly recommend you reach out and give him a call. He'd be happy to talk with you about any of the subjects that we're talking about or generally your fitness uh, and possibly getting you started in a program. I want to remind everybody we are with Joe McKenna talking about all things fitness and nutrition. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find my podcast at chaptersradio.com. Joe, I want to kind of break down some of these myths. And one of the myths is, Joe, I'm here. I haven't worked out in years. I'm 68 years old. i got kind of a bad back. I know I can't lift weights. I've got to walk. Is that the only thing I'm able to do? No. 
No. Why is that? Because we, we, we have to work on um, what is the injury mechanism, uh, find out what the trigger is, and try to work around that. And there's always ways that we can continue to build muscle and build strength and functionality. Mm. And so you said something to me once. I will never, ever forget it. Joe looked at me in the middle of a workout and said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? And I thought, wow, I mean, philosophically, what a way to look at things. Because we tend to condition ourselves to say, at a certain age, I'm supposed to slow down. You know, at 55 years old, getting older, I need to start walking. And that's, that's my 100%. We start to condition ourselves to buy into all of these myths. And the fact is that I've seen you working with people that are in their 80s that start a weightlifting program in their 80s. And they, what kind of results do those folks have, Joe? Typically, I can usually get 50% strength increase in um, three to four or five months. That's amazing. So so somebody that walks in at 81 years old, before their 82nd birthday, they could see a 50% increase in strength. Yes. And what about muscle mass? Will muscle mass start to come back in somebody of that age? Yes. Muscle mass will always always come back with the proper nutrition, protein, and, uh, and weight training. It's amazing. Amazing. So I, I know you've seen things like a reduction in blood pressure, getting off blood pressure medications, uh, diabetes. Yeah, pretty much everything. Because when you when you when you do the uh, proper type of resi resistance training, you uh, stabilize the um, the metabolic function, mm -hmm. cellular function, and th those are, are where the, all the problems start. The inflammation starts at the cellular level. Can you talk a little bit? You just mentioned inflammation. What is the role of inflammation in our lives, what, and and how do we combat it? Inflammation is kind of a co complex topic. There's good inflammation and there's bad. When we get an injury or we get um, sick or we get a whatever, inflammation actually is good because it helps us to uh, stabilize the problem. Mm -hmm. Chronic inflammation without a reason is, is what destroys and uh, breaks down the body. Right. So that inflammatory process is ignited by what? A combination of poor, poor nutrition and uh, overall breakdown in the body? Poor nutrition... Uh, the inappropriate training, uh, stress. Stress is in with pretty much everybody today. Uh, if you're alive today, you have a lot of stress. Yeah. yeah, so so the more that you can do to combat the whole stress inflammation, which is, um, the technical name is cytokines, the better that you're gonna manage your stress level, reduce your cortisol level, and uh, stabilize the, the whole metabolism. Mm. How can you reduce inflammation through exercise? Exercise uh, initially will increase inflammation because you're putting a lot of tension uh, mm -hmm. on the muscle and the nervous system. But the body will adapt to it. It'll get better and better at handling capacity. Mm -hmm. So the whole, uh, whole thing about exercise, why, why you want to get to that zero to 100% is because you want to be able to get your body ready for, to handle your maximum capacity no matter what happens in life. And so that includes stress. Yes. It includes everything that life can throw at you, literally. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the things we haven't even touched on yet, uh, we're starting to in a way, is uh, the mental benefits of exercise and what it does for somebody's psyche. Can you talk about a little, little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, you get bet better oxygen. You get better blood flow to the brain. You get 
He had uh, dopamine, um, all the neurotransmitters upregulate and and function better because you you know you give me the stimulus to 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 uh, to challenge it, and then the more you challenge it, the better you get at adapting to it. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I I feel Joe completely energized, which is the opposite of how I thought I'd feel. The more strain, the the more difficult the workout is that I have with you, the more awake I feel for the rest of the day. What's going on with me when that happens or anybody? Um, there's a, there's a, there's a chemical that's uh, produced in the body when you, um, contract a muscle and the benefit of it is you're actually squeezing this chemical out of the muscle into the bloodstream. That's mm-hmm. reducing inflammation in all the whole body, all, all the organs, the brain, the heart on the uh, spot right there as it's happening. Y- yes. Wow. Yes. The purpose of this chemical is to offset the cytokines. Cytokines meaning the, the, the inflammation of the body, mm-hmm. um, like interleukin-6, interleukin-9. Those are a couple of uh, examples of cytokines. Mm-hmm. So lifting weights, resistance training, and really challenging, not, not just getting 30% or 40%, but building up to 80 or 90% will maximize your effect on reducing inflammation in the body. It's amazing. And, you know, Joe, we haven't even touched on nutrition, which we're going to do in a minute, and supplementation and how that can benefit somebody. And I, I want to have Joe in because of the results that I've gotten and the results of so many people that I've seen Joe work with are getting. I, I want to just give an overview of some of these topics. And we're going to dig a lot deeper into specific topics on a uh, monthly basis as we update this conversation. In the meantime, I want to remind everybody we're speaking with Joe McKenna. Joe is a fitness and nutrition expert from Barrington Fitness Studios in Barrington, Rhode Island. Joe, your phone number again? 401 401- Nine five four five eight nine nine, and that's where you can reach Joe. Uh, I will also put a link with Joe's phone number on my podcast. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can reach my podcast at ChaptersRadio.com. Joe, let's talk just a, for a minute about supplementation. I know it's a tremendously complex topic, but you've spent a lot of time. You spend a lot of time talking to people about nutrition and proper supplementation. Can you give me an overview of how, uh, of, of how supplementation can help somebody live a healthier life? We, our DNA is, uh, is developed over many years to, to function on 40 uh, nutrients on a daily basis. We have to get all the minerals, all the vitamins, essential fatty acids, uh, amino acids, fiber, water. So the reason that supplementation is important is because uh, I'll, I'll ask people about their diet and I'll say, do you have a good diet? And they'll say, yes. And I'll ask them, how did they get the 40 nutrients? And for the most part, nobody even knows what the 40 nutrients are. Uh, I have a great tool that I use where people can track their food on a daily basis for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I actually get a printout on these 40 nutrients. Are they getting a hundred percent of of what their daily requirements are. So that that's the first step. Uh, we have to know people have to know understand like what are the forty nutrients and then how much of each nutrient do we need is 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 even uh, uh, even more important. So the whole thing about nutrition is uh, understanding that we our DNA uh, we survive because we adapted to these forty nutrients to keep us functioning properly, keep the metabolism functioning properly, and keep us healthy. So it all stems off uh, of the nutrients. If somebody had a perfect diet and they went on to um, chronometer is, is, is the tool that we use yep. to, track, uh, to track foods. 
So if they had a perfect diet, which it's very difficult to do, then I would say that you don't need any supplementation. Now, when you do go on the uh, chronometer and you find out you have a lot of deficiencies, then it'd be a good idea to supplement to get those numbers up to where they should be. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because everything depends on, there's, there's so many different cofactors that go in Meaning that if you get so much magnesium that you're going to need need so much potassium or, or sodium or whatever. So there's offsetting things that, that work. Like. Yeah, there's, there's offsetting things. And uh, so supplementation I look at as an insurance policy to make sure that we're going to keep functioning properly and keep getting the... Uh, the, the nutrients. Mm. One other note that happens uh, that Dr. Bruce Ames, one of my favorite scientists, discovered a long time ago is if we have a deficiency in one of these 40 nutrients, then what will happen is the body will rob from a less important organ to donate to an, an important organ, that nutrient. The problem is over, uh, say, 10 or 15 year period, if the problem isn't solved, then we get breaks in the chromosome chromosome leading to DNA damage right and that's where the uh, that's where you manifest all, all, all the major problems right. whether it's uh, diabetes or um, blood pressure issues or cancer or whatever so it's like a simple yes the brass section isn't playing the whole piece sounds lousy right and, and so you're gonna have a breakdown over time right really really important stuff Joe um, another thing that startled me a little bit was you told me that low fat or no fat is a bad idea can you talk a little bit about healthy fats? Healthy fats are, uh, are extremely important to us. Um, proteins and fats are, are what keep us functioning and alive. Carbohydrates uh, are more for, for other purposes, uh, short-term energy, and you know maybe to help transport some of the nutrients to the cells um, through the function of insulin. But the, 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 the keys are you want to get omega, omega-9s, omega-3s, and a certain amount of omega-6s. But they have to be in the right ratio. That's the whole key. Most people today get way too many uh, inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids and not enough omega-3 or 9. Mm. So we have monounsaturated fats. Uh, we had polyunsaturated fats. We have uh, saturated fats. So the, the, whole, the whole key to those the fats is getting the right ratio and getting the right type of fats. Again, we were marketed to about low fat, no fat, only to be find out that they loaded them with sugar and fat indeed is healthy for you. I mentioned that I met Joe over nine years ago and um, I was in the middle of being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and indeed do have multiple sclerosis. And at the time I was really desperate. I had no idea whether, it, you know, what that meant for my future. Did it mean a wheelchair? Did it mean I wouldn't be able to walk? Uh, when I met Joe, I, I just started doing what he, what he told me to do. Like you've heard over this, he found out what my capacity was. Uh, I was having a lot of symptoms at the time, and, and he worked with me through that. And I will tell you that happily today, I am walking. I am functioning because of because of what Joe did for me over the past nine years. I had to do the work. He always reminds me that. But the fact of the matter is, as you've heard over the last 35 minutes, you'd need a PhD-level education of your own, and then you'd need to be able to motivate yourself to get in. I didn't have to do any of that. I just went to Joe and said, look, I need some help, and he helped me. And uh, like I said, I'm walking and talking today because of that assistance. And that was confirmed for me by my doctor. I go to one of the leading MS doctors at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston who said to me, you know, Jim, you, you now have transitioned to progressive MS, which is just inevitable. It's a chronic illness. There's no cure. It moves along. But he said, I've never told anybody they had progressive MS 
who has been walking without the aid of a cane or a wheelchair. And I was just kind of stunned because he's been in practice for a while. And I asked him, I said, Doc, you understand what's happened to me as a result of this program, this exercise program. And he said, I do. He said, don't change it. And this is a conversation for later, but I asked him, why don't you tell everybody about this? And it's not, he's a great doctor, but he said, Jim, we're just, the system isn't set up that way. We're not trained to talk to people about, quote, non-traditional therapies, which includes diet and exercise. That's going to be something we'll cover in the future. But needless to say, this is information I really wanted to bring to the public because, frankly, I have been the benefactor of Joe's help for the past 10 years, and I plan to be with him for the rest of my life. So, Joe, the medical community for a long time ignored the fact that exercise, nutrition, meditation, all of these healthy uh, practices would be helpful. And now they're they're accepting it more and more. Are you able to work with the medical community? Yes, I, I prefer to work with the medical community uh, as a group uh, group effort to uh, to help solve the problem. So meaning that if you go for your, say, annual physical and the doctor comes back and says you you know there's something wrong or one of one of the um, the test is, a little bit elevated or a little bit too low or whatever. I like to work with the medical people to try to find a natural solution to the problem. I think it's always better to to have a natural, try the natural route to see if we can solve the problem before people have to resort to going on meds for something. So yes, I absolutely like to work with the medical people. I encourage my my people to come in and, and uh, share the results of the annual physical and then work from there. Fantastic, Joe. What a great building block for for a healthy life and for aging uh, with health and vitality. So we will continue this series of shows on fitness and nutrition. We'll do them on about a monthly basis. You can find Joe at the Barrington Fitness Studio in Barrington, Rhode Island. And Joe's telephone number is 401-954-5899. So for my guest Joe McKenna, my name is Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and I'll see you next week.